I'm excited to welcome a new sponsor in 2019 to the podcast, pageantswag.com. You see, I've been around the pageant world for some time now, and I have had numerous title holders and guests tell me that there were zero sites for casual fashion dedicated to you, the pageant lovers. So Pageant Swag decided to solve this problem. They've created this great e-commerce store full of everything from fun graphic t-shirts and crop tops to sweatshirts and hoodies, and they've even got a really cool lineup of both yoga and capri leggings, and it's all focused on you, the pageant lover. Check it out today and use the promo code LIFEAFTERTHECROWN for 10% off your first purchase. Again, that's pageantswag.com. One more time, pageantswag.com. Hey, everybody. It's Miss Nevada USA 2018, Carolina Urea, and you're listening to Life After the Crown with Tim Tialdo. Hey everybody, my name is Tim Tialdo and welcome to Season 2 of the Life After the Crown podcast. Now, if you haven't had a chance to listen to any of the previous episodes, I do encourage you to go back and listen because there are many valuable interviews that you will definitely gain some wisdom from. Now, for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, welcome and thanks for checking us out. Each episode of Life After the Crown, I interview former pageant contestants, title holders, and women of influence who share advice and stories on how to help you succeed in the world of pageants, but more importantly, how you can flourish in the professional world once your pageant journey comes to an end. As always, I appreciate you taking the time to download this podcast. I do value your time, and I'm glad you're here listening. So let's get started. My guest today was Miss Nevada USA 2018, and she was second runner-up that year at Miss USA in Shreveport, Louisiana. She has a passion for travel and hiking, and she enjoys volunteering with the Las Vegas Inspiring Connections Outdoors, which is an outreach program that provides nature outings and wilderness experiences to underserved urban youth in the Las Vegas area. She's also an advocate of the Nevada Partnership for Homeless Youth. The organization is especially close to her heart because she experienced homelessness firsthand. She currently works as a model, having shot for national brands such as Forever 21, Nordstrom, Target, CBS, Sephora, Ulta Beauty, and Lancome, among others. In her free time, she enjoys raising her three rescue animals and reading motivational books. She also aspires to someday work as an ambassador of a global organization. Look out, Carolina Urea, thanks for the time today and welcome to Life After the Crown. Hey, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Tim. Yeah, well, I'm very excited to have you. I watched you last year at Miss USA, certainly come very close to taking the crown. Congratulations on your top three finish year. Thank you so much. That was an incredible time that I had last year. So you're just over a year removed from competition after you finished second runner-up. Um, I'd really love to know, and I think a lot of people who are, you know, in that space of they're going to be finishing up their crown this year, what's it like that first year being removed from pageants? Is it tough? Oh, that's a really great question. I can say from experience for me, I remember even coming close to my decrowning. I was really trying to figure out my next step. And I was like, well, I made, you know, top three at Miss USA. I was second runner up. I'm like, what is going to happen like now? You know, what do I have going for myself now? So like for me, I found a passion in hosting after the pageant. And I think throughout all my training, you know, being in front of the cameras and speaking and placing second runner up and really, you know, speaking in front of a live audience on national television. I don't know. I, I found a passion for, for hosting. And that's kind of what I was, you know, putting up plan to after the pageant. And I was like, you know, I want to go to school. Um, I really want to pursue a career in television now. 
And that's kind of what I was, you know, really planning on after the pageant. But, you know, it's really tough. It is because you don't really know, you know, where you really stand now. I mean, you know, you you go to Miss USA, you live out your dream and you hope to win. But if you don't, then you really have to figure out, you know, what you're going to do next. So I think it's all about finding that passion, whether it's something you found, you know, during the pageant or if it's something you were already doing, you know, keep pursuing that and, I think bigger and better things are going to come from the Miss USA experience. You know, I've seen that a lot in other women and I see it, I saw it in myself as well. So I think everything has been great after the crown and I'm doing what I wanted to do and what I put my mind to do. And I'm, I'm still here and, I'm, you know, I'm just <laughs> pursuing, like, I'm still pursuing all my goals and dreams that I had, you know, prior to the pageant and even after. Yeah. <laughs> I well, don't know I, what else to say. No, that's, that's really good. And I want you to tell me something very specifically. We'll certainly uh, get into talking about hosting and all the things that you want to be doing. I, I guess specifically, because okay. of the time frame that we're in right now in 2019, a lot of the girls just finished up Miss USA. Some of the girls are getting ready to compete in Miss America. There is that 90-day window, I'll call it, right after the big pageant, okay? You get yeah. done. You got in the top three, but you didn't get the crown. You get on that plane right. and you realize that, hey— this isn't going to happen for me. Now what? And right. I think that's what I would say probably 80% of you girls go through is that realization of, oh, no, like, now what? And what was I, and it I, like for you? Yeah. And I think, for well, for me, you know, being so close to it, I think it really hit me. And I, I remember, I mean, I remember after the pageant, I was like so happy and I wasn't crying at all. And everyone was like, you know, you're fine. You're not crying. You know, you play second runner up. I mean, you were so close and I was just so happy. I was like, oh my God, I just did this. And, and, you know, I felt so confident and I was so content with myself and my performance on that stage. And I think about after a week, it really hit me like, oh my God, like I was just so close to winning and now what do I do? So, you know, I did get those times where I did question myself and it really did hit me after about a month. I was like, you know, I'm not Miss USA. I, I didn't make it. I didn't win. And But then I would always think, okay, but, you know, I was so close. I did great. You know, I did the best that I could. It just wasn't in my destiny and it wasn't meant for me. So I kind of had those like where I would fight with my own self. But then, you know, after about a month, I really, you know, kind of set myself I kind of like set myself apart from all these you know positive and negative thoughts that I was going through because I don't know how other girls have you know experienced this especially with placing at such a high level or when you do place and when you don't place I don't know how that is but for me it was like oh my god like I was so close to winning and now what do I do so it's I think it hits you more when you place because other girls it's like if you don't then you don't but they don't know the feeling of almost having it or being so close to getting it. So I think that's where it gets really tough. So but tell me this. So, so, so let me ask you this, if, if that's the case. So a lot of the girls are going through it right now, literally, as we speak, mm -hmm. they are kind of in that right. like, oh God, I, you know, it's like, I'm, it's almost a little bit of a, like a mild depression. So how did you end yeah. up as you, as you went through it, obviously you went through the hard part, but you went, you managed to get through it. What were the coping mechanisms, if you will, that you use to grapple with those feelings of what do I do now? Yeah, I think I kind of had to, because after the pageant, like so many people are posting you all over social media and there's so many pageant videos. 
I think I really had to just stop watching all of that stuff for about a month and really, you know, center myself and focus on what the next step was for me. I I remember I kind of took a vacation after about a month after the pageant and I was just planning my life out, planning out because I competed last May and you know, summer was right. Summer was right around the corner. So my birthday was coming up. I really just kind of, I want to say like, I did like a pageant detox. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I kind of had to do that because, you know, it was just a lot. And when you, you know, when you, when you're so high up there and so close, you know, it can really bring you down right away. So, and I didn't, I didn't want that to happen to me because at the end of the day, I knew I worked so hard for this. And this was such a lifelong dream and, and goal to just be up there. And, you know, I kind of had my family supporting me and my and my parents, you know, talking me through it after the pageant. And, you know, I, I began to realize that I did the best I could. And that's really all that I had left to think of. And, and there was a, a bigger and better step after Miss USA. So that's kind of how I gathered my, my thoughts. And, and I wasn't really thinking in a, in a negative way towards it, but I really found the positive in it. Well, um, is, it is it hard yeah. to ignore it when you actually still wear the state crown? I mean, obviously you still have time left before you give up your title. So is it hard to ignore it when you still kind of have to technically live it on a day-to-day basis? Um, yeah, I can say it's, it's a little hard in the beginning, but after a while, you know, it, I think it's it's more like with time, you just get over it, like time heals everything. And after about a month or two, I was just back to being my normal self and just living my normal life and continuing with my title, you know, the rest of the title that I have that I had left at the time, you know, continuing going to events and working with, you know, the charities that I advocated for and making the most of the, the crowning that I had left because um, that was, you know, the most important was being Miss Nevada and representing my state, not only at Miss USA, but, you know, after that as well. Well, you know, one yeah. of the things that I always see in the <clears throat> months after it, besides what we've been talking about so far, is uh, the bonds that you girls develop going to a national show, whether it be Miss USA, Miss America, Miss United States, whatever. Um, the girls always seem to walk away with some lifelong friendships. And the funny thing that I always see on Instagram, I'm seeing it right now, is these title holders travel all over the country like they're in wanderlust. And I'm wondering, where where are they getting all the money to just fly around the country like this and visit all the title holders? And I know that uh, I believe you and Sarah and Kaylin, I think Kaylin especially, developed kind of a pretty tight bond right there after Miss USA. Um, What's it like to kind of, you know, walk away from it, but yet know you used to have a nice sisterhood of friends that you, you've developed. You know, Tim, I think that's the best part about pageantry is the lifelong friendships that, that you build. And even at Miss USA, I remember I loved our class because our class, you know, we bonded so well and we all got along so well. It was it was truly a sisterhood. So um, after the pageant, I, you know, I really got close with Kaylin especially, um, and she actually ended up moving here to L.A. So I see her quite often. And um, I remember last year she um, she planned a trip to L.A. and, you know, we met there and we really bonded all summer. So we got even closer. And, you know, it's just it's so nice, like 
building that friendship because it's, you guys have so much in common and you guys did pageants together. Um, you guys have, you know, things that you want to do after the pageant and you, you know, you just get along so well and you really understand each other because you're going through the same thing. You mentioned Kaylin, obviously she participated on the bachelor last fall and now your other yeah. uh, sister who I crowned uh, Hannah Brown is now the bachelorette. It's, I bet it's been pretty interesting to watch <laughs> some of your sisters from Miss USA be on national television and do those things. Yeah. I I remember um Kaylin last summer she was like audition she really wanted to do the bachelor and I was like yeah do it like audition and she did and I remember you know she went through the whole process and she you know I was there for for it all um and she would tell me everything and you know it was so fun like watching her do that and then she got casted and she was so excited so I was so happy for her because that's something that she really wanted to do after Miss USA and she did it and now she's like killing it and you know she's she's doing so well and I'm so happy for her. So I want you to talk about why you entered pageants in the first place. What were you really hoping to get out of the experience of competing on a stage? Um, well, let's start with I come from a very Hispanic cultural background. So growing up, pageants were, they were a big deal. <laughs> um, I'm half Colombian and half Mexican. So in Colombia, pageants are huge. Um, and as well as Mexico, you know, all these South American countries, pageants are, are such a big deal. And, you know, I, I grew up in that, you know, watching that. So um, I remember when I was younger, I would always watch Miss Universe and Miss USA with my mother. And my mom, you know, always wanted me to do it. So I think that's kind of how I was first, you know, I kind of found that like passion for, oh, you know, like I one day want to get into a pageant. And, and I, I found that love for a pageant. For, for pageants um, at a young age. Um, and about three years ago, I entered, well, it's actually four years now, four years ago, I entered my first pageant and I won. And ever since then, I just, I don't know, I, I just loved it. And, and I loved learning about it. But one thing that really made me want to do it was that I saw these women have voices and talk about passions and and what they wanted to do with the title and really, you know, bring awareness and change through through just a fashion a crown. And to me, that was amazing because I don't think there's anything else that gives you such a strong and such a big platform in so little time, you know, within a one year span. So that's kind of why I wanted to do it. And I really had a message and a voice to advocate for. And I really wanted to put my voice out there with something really big and really personal that I went through and that I saw other people going through. And I wanted to bring, you know, change on it. And that was homelessness. So that's kind of why I did it. <laughs> well, that's very cool. And now, are you done competing? I mean, I, I guess technically, I don't, I'm not sure what the rules say, but I, could you compete for Miss Universe in, in Colombia or Mexico? I could. And a lot of people tell me I should. Um, I mean, I, I'm 24 years old. I'll be 25 in August. So I still have a couple of years and I've thought about it, but we'll see. I think you I should. Mean, ult- I, think, I think you do very well. <laughs> Thank you. The ultimate goal was, you know, Miss Universe. That's That's like the dream that I always had, um, Miss USA and Miss Universe. So well, we know Columbia we'll is super passionate and they bring the crowd. I'll tell you what. Oh, they do. They really do. Well, uh, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, moving on from pageants, you, you kind of developed an, this passion for wanting to be in front of the camera, whether that be still photography and modeling 
or television hosting. Um, talk about you know what you're trying to do right now and, and where you see that road leading for you. Well, right now I'm still doing modeling and um, I kind of had to, a lot of people don't know this, but I kind of had to stop modeling while I was um, Miss Nevada USA because um, especially preparing for Miss USA, I had so much going on and I really wanted to put my complete 100% focus on it. So I did stop modeling for, for a little bit. And I think after the crown, I went back full time into it. So right now I've been modeling a lot and I've been booking amazing jobs and I'm, I'm loving my life at this moment. And then I just finished school. I went to um, television hosting school and I want to pursue a career in television hosting. So I'm kind of freelancing right now. I've I did my first interview about two weeks ago, which I'm so excited about. And that was such a big moment for me because it's something that, that I put in my mind to do after Miss USA. And I really talked about it. And now I'm finally, you know, starting to do it. So it's so great to know that it's something that I wanted to do and now I'm doing it. So um, I'm super happy right now. And I only hope to continue doing, you know, other stuff in, in the entertainment industry in regards to television hosting and, you know, and see where life takes me and do more traveling. I don't know. I, I love to travel. So, yeah. So do you want to be like a travel show host, something on uh, the Travel Channel? That would be cool. You know, I did think about that. I, I, I mean, I learned so much in school and, and there's so many areas in hosting that I had no idea about. So there's, you know, travel hosts and getting to travel all over the world. That would be amazing. So I would love to do that. <laughs> well, and the Count fact that you're in. bilingual, that's going to be a huge plus for you getting yeah, into the industry. Yeah, I know. Actually, Spanish was my first language. So fun oh, yeah. fact. <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty incredible because your English sounds pretty clean. Thank you. Yeah, I remember yeah. when I was in kindergarten, my I had I did not know I didn't even know how to say hello to the kids in English. <laughs> and I got so lucky because my teacher was, she was Hispanic. And she was actually the one who taught me English. And, and she really understood me because she spoke Spanish and she would help me learn English. And within six months, I, I was speaking to the kids. You know, I was speaking English like it was my first language. <laughs> well, um, I, I do want to talk about something that you are extremely passionate about homeless youth. And as you mentioned earlier, uh, you went through a period of homelessness. It was actually part of the substance of your answer and your top three question at Miss USA. Um, and I think yeah. it's something that I think a lot of people have heard about and they know that you were homeless, but I've never actually kind of heard the real story. So I was wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing that with us of what happened and, and how you evolved from it. Yes, of course. You know, I did go through a really hard time in my life a couple of years ago. And it's something that I never thought I would go through. I mean, when you have, you know, pretty much everything and everything from one day to the next gets completely taken away and you lose it all, it's, you know, it's, it's a really hard experience. And, and it's something that I don't wish upon anyone. And, you know, there's so many people going through this in this moment. And that's really you know, why my message was so strong at Miss USA, because it's something that, you know, we really take for granted. And I went through this a couple years ago. You know, my father at the time was the only financial provider of my family. Um, my mother wasn't working at the time. She was a homemaker. And my father, unfortunately, he lost his job. And due, that, due to that matter, we lost, you know, absolutely everything. And my father kind of went through a you know, he kind of fell into depression, which kind of caused things to go the way they did into a more severe mode where, 
you know, we didn't have anything left but very little money. And the little money that we had left, we used it to sleep in motels. And then when we had nothing left, we slept in one car that we had, you know, one car that we had left from all the others that, you know, we unfortunately lost. Mm-hmm. And that that was really hard because, you know, sleeping with your family in a car and, you know, going from motel to motel and not knowing how to, you know, get out of this. Um, and that's when we reached out to family members and they really took us in and really helped us. Um, get back on our feet and once we got back on our feet uh, on our own you know we we finally started making some changes and and moving on from from the situation and and really building a path to self-sufficiency again and and you know starting our life from zero really (laughs) yeah I'd love to know this so you know being homeless um, is obviously a big challenge there are people listening that they go through you know maybe a divorce in their family uh, bankruptcies, uh, as you mentioned, a father losing their job, yeah, or a there's, parental there's figure. There's so many. I mean, a lot of people think it's just, you know, the people that you see on the street that are, you know, drug addicts or they had alcohol problems and, you know, and, and it's really not that. And, and during the time was when, you know, the economy was, was crashing and, and the recession and, you know, a lot of factors went into it. So it's not just because, you know, you're a drug addict and you're going to lose everything because, yeah. you know, you have issues of, you know, so it's it's not all that, you know, there's so many different things that go into it. Like you said, a divorce or someone losing their job, like, like my father did. And sometimes you just really don't know. And, and it's really, really hard. So I really wanted to bring awareness to, to such a big issue that is really happening on a daily in our country and and it's it's sad because we're such a big country and we're you know we're such a wealthy country but we still have a lot of homeless issues that we we need to fix well and in terms of bringing awareness um i guess in in going through that experience you mentioned like sleeping in a car with your family and just not being able to even get into a hotel what is it that you think you learned about yourself when you go through such a trying time in your life? Well, you learn a lot of things. Um, I, like I said, I never thought I would go through something like this, but it really humbles you and you really learn to appreciate life and, and never take not one thing for granted. And I think that's, that's one of the life principles I live by now. Like I, every time I just someone gives me something or I I get this one job that I wanted or I wanted to work with this one person um, or, you know, I buy myself something for myself. I always, I'm so grateful that I can even do that or, or any of those things because one day I know what it was like to have it and then lose it. And now that I have it again, I don't want to lose it. So I'm just so appreciative of of everything that happens in my life, whether it's an achievement or a goal accomplished, you know, anything, it really teaches you to to never take it for granted because you never know when when one day you'll have it and one day you won't. I, I somewhat can relate to what you went through. I've never been homeless. I, be, I came very mm-hmm. close. I've been broke twice in my life where I very, okay. very close right after the recession, almost lost my house and didn't know how I was going to eat the next day. I remember that day very specifically. Oh, wow. 
But, yeah. you know, the one thing that I have found that that did for me, and it sounds like it probably did for you, is um, I, I've become what I'll call a grinder. I mean, I am never comfortable no matter what. I don't care how big the oh, job, no. how much money I'm getting me in, how too. much any. I am never comfortable with, like, you know, the next day it could be gone or, you know, something could happen with the economy or anything. And so it's that constant, almost nervous pressure. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's how you feel about it, but I, I always look at it like that, like, I'm never okay is basically how I kind of see it. A hundred percent. I totally understand what you mean. And I'm the same way. Um, I never want to stop. Like I'm looking for the next job. I'm calling the next person that can, you know, help me do this or help me do that. And I'm always constantly looking for the next door to open because <laughs> I don't want to stay comfortable. I don't want to just sit here and not do anything. I don't want to stop. I just want to keep going. So, and I think that's, kind of what happened with me at Miss USA. Like I was looking for the next thing to do. <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't just stop from there. I have to just always be doing something, always keep going, always working. And that's really the mentality that I have now. So, cause I know one day I had it, then I lost it. So, you know, I'm always living with like, I never want that to happen again, but a lot of those, you know, choices come with, you know, my own actions. So I have to just keep going, keep grinding and, and you don't stop, you know, you, you go from there. Well, I can tell you going into TV hosting, that mentality, that work ethic is going to be huge for you because <laughs> as you're probably learning already, it's a very competitive industry and there's a lot of people who want to do what we do and you got to outlast them. You got to outsmart them. You got to outwork them. And you know, that, that attitude will definitely help you moving forward. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You got to be very determined. <laughs> so because of uh, you, your, your bout with homelessness, you, you dealt with it, got through it. You work with the Nevada Partnership for Homeless Youth. Um, talk about what you do to kind of really um, help others deal with what you dealt with. Um, yeah. I, you know, during my reign as Miss Nevada USA, I worked really closely with NPHY, which is the Nevada Partnership of Homeless Youth. And it's an organization where, you know, they bring on these youth and they, you know, they really build them a path to self-sufficiency. And they do that by, you know, helping them get into school and studying and getting, you know, a college scholarship. So, you know, these these youth are going through such a tough time in their life. I mean, they all have a different story and they all have a different way of why they were homeless. So, you know, this organization is so great because they bring on these youth and they help them, you know, trans tr transition from being homeless to building a path to self-sufficiency and accomplishing their goals and dreams by, you know, by going to college, by attending school, you know, by really doing anything they want to do in order for them to to get out of that situation and become successful. And, you know, I've seen so many of these youth transition and it's so inspiring because they're so young and what they go through is so hard. And, you know, I, we had a youth go to college. We, we had a youth go to Columbia University and that was like amazing because, oh, wow. yeah, this youth was literally homeless and now he's going to college. He's going to universe, a university. And that, that was like, wow. You know, if he can do it, you can do it too, because anything is possible. So I love everything this organization does. And we've had so many big testimonies of these youth, you know, really transition and become successful and become something in life and really turn their life from zero to 100. And it's and so amazing to see that. Yeah. And I'm sure it's gratifying to, to feel that. That's really cool. And then you also help out our four-legged friends. I understand you have three rescue animals 
Um, and you're a big advocate for rescuing animals. Talk about where that comes from. I was actually, now that I remember, I was volunteering at the time at this um, animal shelter, which was three years ago. And, you know, I would go there in my free time. And I really just wanted to be there because I'm such a big animal lover. So I wanted to do something good for these animals. And I know they all need a home. And I just, I fell in love with these two cats and that's kind of how it happened. <laughs> well, that's cool that you rescued them though. And you obviously gave them a yeah, life that I'm they just, wouldn't otherwise have. Yeah. I'm such a big animal lover. So animals are the way to my heart. <laughs> yeah. You and me um, both. And, and my wife as well. We're, we're both just like that. Yeah. So, I mean, now I want to get another dog. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, thank you for sharing all that, you know, in, in terms of the, the homelessness and rescuing and just all the stuff that you're doing for homeless youth. I really appreciate it. And I don't think a lot of people know that about you. They, of course, see the model and the, the glitz and the glam, but they don't see the, the real Carolina behind the scenes. So thanks for sharing that. Of course. You know, we all have stories and we all have things we go through. And I was fortunate enough to to, I think, find my, my voice through what I went through. And now I use it to benefit and to talk about it and really relate to other people that are probably in my shoes right now or one day were in my shoes as well. And I think that's the beauty of, of seeing things from a different perspective. And, you know, now I, I'm happy I went through that because it's not just Carolina just modeling and doing pageants you know she she was homeless one day and now she isn't and, and I can talk about it freely and openly and and say hey you know I went through that and look what look at me now and and you can and you're going through it or you went through it and you can do it too you know pursue whatever you want you want to do and accomplish and you know be a determined and persevering person and, and you'll get there you'll achieve it because anything is possible well, I like that you mentioned perspective because, you know, for instance, uh, when somebody like you sends me over your photos, okay, so I have photos that I can use for the promotion of the podcast. Um, these are obviously beautiful photos. You're very good at what you do. But I always look at that Thank photo you. and I will look and I will say, what's behind those eyes? There's a story. There's a story behind this beauty that we don't know about. And that's what I want to know. And that's usually what I bring out on a podcast is I want the girl behind the facade. I want the girl behind the camera. And, you know, as we've learned today, there's a lot more to you than just great pictures. And I think that's the cool thing about um, mm -hmm. learning about all of you is that, you know, we kind of dig deep into the, the persona of the beauty, if that makes sense. Right. And I think that's what people underestimate pageant girls a lot because they think, oh, you know, they're just dumb girls answering questions. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> that's what people think of us. And it's not that. We're so much more than that. And we all, you know, we come through different backgrounds and um, we all have a story to tell and we all you know have a voice and we all bring a awareness to some cause that is close to our heart or you know just anything in general we all are we're not just all there for you know the glitz and the glam you know it's this is so much more than that and you know I think it's so great that you do this because we can really talk about what's behind our beautiful faces. That's right. That's <laughs> and, right. You know, all the heels and all the dresses and all these gowns and, <laughs> <laughs> and the makeup. And here um, you are. You're yeah. a real person. How about that? Yes. 
exactly. <laughs> All right. So it's at this point of the podcast, I like to do a little uh, rapid fire, get to know Carolina Urea. It's a little speed okay. round question. So we'll do 10 questions. Um, you know, you can answer them as fast or as slow as you want. Um, the whole point is just to have some fun with it. These are not real serious questions. So are you ready? I am so ready. Let's do this. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. Number one. I'm a little nervous. Oh, we'll don't worry. These are, are. <laughs> these are not bad. We're not digging too deep here. This is pretty easy. Like number one, for instance, what is your favorite junk food? Oh, I'm between Chick-fil-A and In-N-Out. <laughs> All right. So between In-N-Out um, and Chick-fil-A. So yeah, I'd have to go with, I think I'm going to go with Chick-fil-A because I do eat that on a weekly basis. Yeah, Chick-fil-A. All right. Number two. What was your favorite childhood TV show? Oh, that's such a cute question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I aim for cute on this question. You know, there was a show, I remember, it would come on, I think it would come on like every Saturday. And I always wondered why they would never show it during the week, because it was my favorite show. It was called Maggie and the Ferocious Beast. I don't know what, it was like a cartoon. I don't know. It was like Maggie and there was like this huge beast with like red spots on it. And they would always go on like little adventures. And I always wanted a beast to, like, to do stuff with. Like I wanted to be Maggie. And she was just such an adventurous person. Like she was always trying to, you know, try new things and like do all these, like travel to different places. And yeah, so that was actually, I can say that was my favorite cartoon growing up. Look it up. It's really cute. <laughs> All right. Number three. Now, uh, you live in L.A., so you don't experience the four seasons, really. But what is your favorite season? Spring, summer, fall, winter? I always loved the hot summers in Vegas. They were really hot, but I really liked it because in L.A., we don't get those extremely hot summers. And I feel like L.A., it's always, you know, one day it's hot, one day it's cold. But I love how in Vegas we had, you know, a real summer, a real winter, a kind of real spring. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of, I, I, I like consistency. So I would have to go with the Vegas summers. Vegas summers, I like it. All right, number four, what was your last <laughs> Halloween costume that you wore? Oh, gosh, I don't really celebrate Halloween like I used to. But my last Halloween costume that I can't even remember was, I think I was a cat or something. Like a yeah. cat woman or like a cat? Actually, no, I was um, a leopard. Like you see those every Halloween. They're very right. basic. <laughs> Number five, uh, cake or pie? Oh, cake, 100%. Any particular I love cake? cake? I love chocolate cake, but I love this one cake. It, it's like different. It's like a berry cake. So it comes just like, it has like raspberries, blueberries, blackberries, and it's like white cake with cream cheese frosting in it. Oh, oh so good. I know what you're talking about. I don't know what it's called, yeah. but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's, oh, okay. like a, a triple berry cake. Triple yeah. berry. Okay. All right. Number six. Do you ever post inspirational quotes on social media? I do. I love posting inspirational quotes. I'm always looking for them. And one of my favorites is she believed she could, so she did. And if I remember correctly, the morning of Miss USA last year, I actually posted that on my Instagram. That was like one of the first things I posted that morning. Like, because I, I just needed some like inspiration because it was just such a big day. So I posted that. And then another one, I actually have it on my bio on my Instagram is everything you do do it with love because if you don't do anything with love nothing will ever come out right <laughs> number seven what's your favorite ice cream flavor oh my god i'm very food you oriented would. today can you tell 
You hit me with the ice cream question, and little does people know that ice cream is my favorite dessert. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. So, which one's the favorite um, flavor? Ooh, this is such a hard one. Or because... maybe favorite place to go, like a Cold Stone Creamery or a Baskin Robbins or whatever. Um, I love Baskin Robbins, um, but my favorite favorite would have to be Oreo cookies and cream. If I really had to nail it down to one, that has always been like one of the like my favorite since I was like five. <laughs> That's a really good one. So, really good one. All right, number eight. Uh, say a word or phrase, maybe your favorite in Spanish. Ooh. Um, Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> to switch over. Okay, it's "Haz de tu vida un sueño y de tu sueño una realidad." Yeah, that's Which the means? one. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Does that, does that sound right? <laughs> it's, it sounds really good. I don't know what it means, but you can tell me. Okay. So it's make of your life a dream, and of one dream, make it reality. Very good. Very good. That's, that's cool. I actually of, really like that. Yeah, I heard that. All right. Yeah. Number nine. Number nine. Do you believe in fate? Well, fate is basically like destiny. So. Yeah, for I instance, think... do you believe there's one guy on the earth for you? Not necessarily. I mean, there could be multiple guys for me. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, that could happen, and it's just a matter of me choosing what I want. So, But I do believe everyone has their own destiny as towards, like, if you try for something so hard and it's just not meant for you, but that's just kind of what I think. You know, if it's a part of God's plan, then it is, and if it's not, it's not. All right, good attitude to have there. All right, last one. I've asked you a lot of favorites. Last favorite. What's your favorite number? My favorite number is number seven. For what reason? And it can be just because. That's that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's such a perfect number. The number of perfection. All right, you answered a lot of food and favorite questions today. You are off the hook. Thanks for answering. Woo! That was so much harder <laughs> than I thought. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you had fun with it, and and again, thank you so no, much for was, sharing your those story were really today. Really great questions. I'm glad you liked them. And I do want to wish you good luck in TV hosting. Um, know that I am always here. You're, I'm, well, I'll be happy to send you my book if you want it. Um, but Thank I wish you, you the so best much. of luck. I would love to read your book. Yeah. Well, I, look, I'm excited for you. I think it's going to be a, a very beneficial road for you. As I mentioned, you're bilingual, which is going to be a huge plus for you as you especially get into that L.A. hosting market. So best of luck to you. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And uh, let's stay connected, please. I, I know there's a lot ahead for yes, you. And uh, it course. sounds like we'll probably run into each other in this industry. <laughs> yes. And I'll be going to lots of pageants. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure. sure I'll see you there, too, because that's kind of how we met. <laughs> yeah, it it's actually is um, how we met. But Seriously, thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure, and this is my first time doing this, and I've always wanted to do a podcast, so it's so cool, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode and to Carolina Urea for her time. If you'd like to follow Carolina's journey on social media, you can do so on Instagram. Follow her at Carolina Urea. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you wouldn't mind, please subscribe. You can do so on Spotify, iTunes, the podcast app, Google Play, and YouTube, or you can just go to lifeafterthecrown.com. And for weekly podcast updates, just follow me on Instagram at Tim Tialdo. Until next time, remember the words of Hebrews 11, verses 1 and 2. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. Talk to you next week, everybody. Music